0: Hey guys, I'm Rhea Fry, best selling author, business owner, wife, mother, but most of all, I'm a human. And I'm Joe Tower, entrepreneur, producer, editor, husband, son, and I am also a human. As writers, we're always digging behind the story of publishing, ego, process to get to the deeper truth of who we are and why we're here. While we're still pursuing that mission of the Right Way podcast, we wanted a platform where we could talk about being writers. As well as being here. Now we'll be spending each episode talking with real people about real shit. This is The Real Story. Hey, hey, welcome back to a solo episode of The Real Story Podcast. And today we are getting very real as I really sift and sort back through my healing journey over the past few years. Now, while this podcast, as most people know, started out as a writer's podcast, really offering kind of tools for being a successful writer, demystifying the publishing industry, we've also really taken a little bit of a detour into everyday life. Um, It's kind of like (laughs) building your brand on social media. If you're an author and all you talk about are your books, that can get a little kind of tiresome along the way. So I think it's very important to just open up about things I'm interested in, things I'm experiencing and discovering. And as I've been on this kind of years long journey to really get to the root of who I am, what I want, what I need to let go of and release, I have stumbled upon Some healing modalities, frameworks, services, and opportunities that have completely changed my life. And, you know, now at 41, I just feel like I am coming into understanding who I am and really starting to come home to myself. So, over the past few years, I have tried almost everything um, in terms of working with practitioners. going to retreats, doing all different sorts of things. And I love how as I kind of meander down this winding pathway of the healing process that I really stumble into exactly what I need when I need it. And I think one of the biggest reasons that is, is because I've been open. I'm very open to absolutely anything and everything along this journey. And I feel like when I am ready for the next phase, that person finds me or that opportunity finds me. So I wanted to go through some of the most impactful things that I've found for me specifically on this journey. Number one, surprisingly, actually, but so useful, is human design. Now, a few episodes ago, we had uh, my best friend and human design practitioner, Nikki McFadden, on who really talked about what human design is. And if you want to dive into all the little pieces and parts of that, definitely listen to that episode. But what I love so much about human design and in human design, which is, you know, part science, part astrology, part of a lot of other things that are so cool, but it's your distinct roadmap to who you are. Now, in astrology, it can be kind of general. If you're a Scorpio, if you're a Taurus, you know, there, you have um, similar characteristics and traits. With human design, it is tailored specifically to you. There is no other chart That is your chart. So for me, I am a manifester. And as I started to kind of dive into what that meant, I have been blown away, not only at how accurate it is, but how much it has helped me in my life, in my relationships with people, in my relationship with my husband. Um, You know, going to, to Nikki's little site, which we'll put in the show notes, you can Pop in your name and your birth date and the time that you were born in, it will give you your chart. Now, when you get your chart, though, it's not like getting just a simple description. There are so many layers to it. And I could literally study it forever and study my chart forever and still not get to the bottom of absolutely everything. But there are certain aspects of it that allow you to accept and honor who you are because that's who you are by design. There are no shoulds. There's no feeling bad that you're not more like this person or you don't do things this way. You really start to understand why you are the way you are. And to me, it's been one of the biggest gifts because I've stopped trying To not make myself feel bad for not being like my friend who's out in the world doing this or not being more like this person. I don't have to play that comparison game because I am me. And if I really start to listen to my body and listen to myself, then I can use that to my absolute advantage. So that has been one of the biggest mainstays and principles along this journey. And if you are curious about it, seriously, do some digging, find out what your human design is, because it is so utterly fascinating and useful. You can apply it to everyday life, which is what I love. Okay, so human design number one. Number two, talked about it on this podcast, and we are going to have Alex Holguin back next week to talk specifically about this. It's one of my favorite episodes we've ever done, even though it's a little glitchy because we did it on Zoom. <laughs> but the my absolute favorite, probably number one actually on this list, but the most useful, the most transformative, my favorite modality on earth is breathwork. Taking myself through breathwork practices and breathwork journeys, going through journeys that are facilitated by other people, you can literally change the physiology in your body and take your central nervous system from fight or flight down to sympathetic or vice versa. You can release trauma. You can literally get every cell in your body buzzing and activated And get yourself, quote unquote, high just from breath. And I've been doing breath work religiously every single day for years, and it has helped me become less reactive. I can more consciously connect my body, and I think that's one of the best parts about it. And watching my husband, who, you know, has been a designer forever, is so creative, but that career just did not light him up. And I have always said, you know, you don't need to be behind a computer. You need to be working with your hands. You need to be helping people. And through actually diving into his human design as a projector, it's very clear that his purpose here is to teach. And he was like, well, what am I, you know, what am I really wanting to teach? And so he's been on a breathwork journey for about four years. And is going all in on his education with it. He's already certified, but there's just so, it's like yoga. You'll never master it. There's just so much to learn. He is building his clientele and he is so happy and on purpose and in his purpose and it is in the first time in 13 years I've seen him in total alignment and it's just beautiful to watch. So please tune into the episode next next week, but Breath work, you know, for me and for a lot of people, you don't necessarily have a ton of time to sit down in the morning and carve out 30 minutes for a breath practice, but I have made it a non-negotiable for me. It's like moving my body or working or, you know, winding down at night. I like to start my day with a breath work practice, Um, you know, and used to, I would really tune into the apps and kind of check out a little bit. And now a lot of times I will just come into my little studio, sit, center myself for a few minutes and figure out what protocol I want to do for that day. And it's usually a mix of a bunch of different things, but it has really allowed me to tune into how I'm feeling and what I need. Um, And because I do talk all day and I'm essentially over-breathing and mouth-breathing, I really try to bring in a lot of down-regulating practices, a lot of nasal practices. And it's just unbelievable what it can do for your health, for your mind, for your spirituality when you really start to incorporate a breathwork practice. So that is number two. Number three, and I'm still playing around with this. We also did a podcast about this one, if you are curious, but it is microdosing. And again, I am someone who is very anti, has been (laughs) anti-drugs my entire life, but the nature of microdosing, so microdosing psilocybin, you are taking such a teeny, teeny, tiny amount But it can actually reshape and restructure your brain. It can eradicate anxiety. You are completely functional. And it gets you to this kind of blissful state where you're not in your ego. You're in your mind. You're in your body. And you start to feel a lot better. And it's not something I do all the time, nor should it be something you do all of the time. But I'm getting a little bit more regular with incorporating it once a week, maybe even working up to twice a week and just seeing how I feel with it. And I I feel like the more I go down this journey, the more I start to release old stories and narratives, the more I clear old shit and junk out of my mind and my body. I am just feeling so much better on a day-to-day basis. And I think when done properly and when done safely, microdosing can be a wonderful, wonderful Addition to your practice. And if you're curious about that, definitely listen to our episode on microdosing. Um, so that is number three. Number four, one of my favorites, I've also talked about this a little bit sound healing. Now, before I ever went through my first breath work journey, I went through a sound healing journey. I know a lot of sound healers around town. I've done um, sound healing all over the country, really. (laughs) Um, And what sound does to my body the way, because our bodies are made mostly of water and sound. If you ever, you know, put water in a bowl and say you were to do some sort of drumming or a gong, the vibrations will actually start to move that water And that is exactly what happens to the water in our body as it activates and is stimulated by sound. Now, there are all different sorts of sound journeys. I just recently went on one um, with my favorite healer in Nashville, whose name is Gabby. She owns a salon called called Mana, M-A-N-A. And she did a meditation and sound bath night for $44. She does them kind of often and it was the most amazing sound journey because it was dark like we went it got really sinister really dark and you can feel things just moving through your body so i love sound and actually alex is going to be partnering with some um facilitators here in nashville and offering a sound bath experience with a breathwork journey simultaneously, which I think will be the mecca (laughs) of healing just because you are activating and stimulating and releasing all of those things. So if you've never done sound healing, if you've never done a sound journey, if you've never done a sound bath, it is so worth it. I mean, you almost, sometimes you can get into a trance-like state. And I think sound in general, music in general, can be so medicinal. Um, right now I'm going on a six week journey with another local practitioner. I'm working on her book proposal and I'm also going through her um, her practice, her six week practice to completely eradicate trauma from the body. We had our first session. It was unbelievable. Step one is in grounding the central nervous system. So we did a lot of meditation and visualization But then she took me through a breathwork journey. Um, Ironically, it was the same breathwork that I did in Rhode Island at a retreat. It's called David Elliott is the the breathwork practitioner. And it is a three-part breath. And it sounds like nothing. It's... So you're breathing into your belly, breathing into your chest and releasing. But as you heard, it wasn't forceful. Like I do a lot of forceful breathing, but this is very like... Like almost like you're gasping. So it's very, very light. And, you know, she had me, I'm laying down, super comfortable, but she put on a shamanic drumming soundtrack for 30 minutes. And I did this, this breath work, this three part breath for a chunk of it. And I mean, I went to another dimension. I was in a total trance. It's the first time I've been in my body, but I was out of my body. I mean, I was completely somewhere else. I was able to finally connect with uh, my guides, which, you know, in the spiritual world, a lot of people believe, you know, you have guides or angels or, or people around or entities around to help. And I actually connected for the first time and saw those figures there. And it was just so incredible. And I realized after it that any sort of sound, and that's something you can do all day long. If you have Spotify, you can, you know, type in manifestation or healing or you know, whatever it is, and the different hurts they have all these different tones that can actually cleanse your body. And if you just have those on throughout the day, or if you're meditating or journaling, they can do wonders for your body. It doesn't always have to be live. It doesn't always have to be in person. So just using music as medicine meant to just kind of move things through you can be really, really amazing. So those are four things. So human design, breathwork, microdosing, sound healing. And my last and most favorite um, New favorite, I should say, not all time favorite, but new favorite healing modality is ecstatic dance. Now, I have heard so much about ecstatic dance for years and have always wanted to do it, but just just didn't do it because I was like, God, dancing for like two hours? What you know? What is that going to be like? So, I am someone growing up. I was always really self conscious. To you know, somebody had a dance party or you know, just get out on the dance floor. I would always feel so self-conscious, even though I really love music and I love moving my body. But I just kind of always shied away from those experiences. And I have uh, have a new friend in Nashville. Her name's Adrienne, and she has been doing ecstatic dance since she was like four years old. And there's an amazing um, facility here in Nashville uh, called Construct. And she invited me on Sunday. Now, Saturday night I had gone out with my brother and my dad. We went to a concert. The night got crazy. It was so much fun, but I was out super late. So Sunday I was supposed to to do this ecstatic dance. And it would have been very easy to just not go. I was trying to get my thriller done and turned in, which I did. I turned it in today. Yay. Um and you know, I but something in me was like, "Yes, you need to go to this." So I showed up, I had no idea what to expect. And there were like 50 people there. And we started off like sitting in this giant circle and having to make eye contact with every other single person in the circle, which, again, just that act of consciously connecting and staring into other people's eyes is such a gift that we do not do enough on a daily basis. So we did that, we had a little bit of a meditation, and then we got up and we had to kind of start to move, just move around the space. And the amazing thing about this ecstatic dance experience, it was 12 to 2.30, but there was a live band. And normally, from what I know, a lot of ecstatic dance doesn't have live bands there. And they also covered up all the mirrors, so you couldn't just stare at yourself or judge or criticize, which I loved. But we started moving around the space and then we had to stop and face someone and we had to just stare into their eyes. And I've been doing a lot of soul gazing lately, but usually with people, you know, like my husband. (laughs) So to stare into the eyes of a stranger can be a very vulnerable thing, but it can also be extremely powerful. So then we moved around some more and we had to stop again. And I stopped in front of this man and we had to put, um, our hand up, like our left hand and connect hands. And then we had to move without, without breaking that contact. And, you know, here's a guy I don't know, you know, I haven't danced with another guy <laughs> forever. I'm like half naked in a sports bra and yoga pants, but we started to move and it was just amazing. And then the journey started and it was 75 minutes of nonstop stop movement. So like, there are no rules in terms of you can move however you want, you can scream, you can sing. And I was like, how am I going to do this for 75 minutes? And once that music started, I felt things that I haven't felt in forever. I was so in my body. I felt like a sexual being. I felt feminine. I felt divine. I felt free. It was so amazing to dance with people, to like stare into their eyes and see the joy and mirror their movements and then dance with myself and just be part of this collective. When I could have easily just sat on the couch and, you know, worked on my book. And I'm just coming to realize that more and more, you know, when opportunities like this come up to connect with community, which is part of my healing journey, community and finding my community and being part of a community and trying new things, I, I, so I've been really grappling with feeling like I'm getting started so late and I wish I had discovered all of these things, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, but I'm really just trying to step into it now and be so grateful. But uh, my body, when I was done and we, we sat in a circle again and kind of shared and it was so incredible, but like, I felt like I had released so much shit that was just stuck in my body and that's the thing. I've moved my body my whole life, but in very regimented ways. In the gym, on a yoga mat, uh, you know, through sports. And there is something so liberating about moving your body the way it was meant to move and not feeling silly and feeling confident. That's the biggest thing. I walked away just feeling so confident and beautiful and again, just Connected, connected to my body, connected to other people. And I tell you, I am so grateful that I am in Nashville because I am discovering more and more. This is just an incredible community that's doing such awesome things. And I feel like I keep stumbling (laughs) upon all of these nuggets and gifts. And I just strongly urge you in your community, like start poking around, start doing things, do something that you would normally never do. And ecstatic dance is something that anyone and everyone can can do. It's a substance free environment. No one is judged. There were, there was old, young, tall, short, you know, amazing dancers, people who could like barely move their bodies. It was just so incredible all of us coming together. And I think there's just a common theme with all of these healing modalities and that is knowing yourself, coming home to yourself, connecting to yourself so you can better consciously connect in the world and in the community. And I for one, I'm just so grateful like when I think about things that light me up. Of course, I love being an author, I love writing, I love helping other people, but all of this, like this journey has just been so much fun. I'm, the next thing I'm doing, I'm doing a, a Vipassana retreat in January, which is a silent, a completely silent retreat. Like no, I can't even write. I can't bring a book to read. I can't make eye contact. There is a monk that comes in once a year to facilitate this. And I am so, so excited. I can't wait to talk about that <laughs> and see what comes up. But I would love to know if you are on a healing journey, what is your favorite modality? What is your favorite thing to do? What is What has been the most impactful for you and to you? And also, what can you do to consciously connect to yourself or to others today? Thanks so much. Until next week. Thanks for listening to Rightway Presents The Real Story. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment. And for more information on The Real Story and Rightway, visit rightwayco.com.